Business Matters in association with ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Now is the time to realize your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with one evening per week on campus and another online. Open up your future by contacting the faculty office on 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme, I'll be talking to the owner of Kelly Centre and Kelly's Diner at Mountain Top in Letterkenny, Martin Kelly, about the latest addition to his team, a robotic waiter powered by artificial intelligence, which is proving a big hit with both patrons and staff. My first guest this week is the co-owner of Citadel Gymnastics in Letterkenny and Widor, Fiona Murphy. Having graduated in mechanical engineering, Fiona decided to leave her job as a project engineer in Donegal Town and set up her own gymnastics company in Letterkenny in 2018. The following year, Citadel opened a space in Guidor. Citadel currently employs 23 people, has 16 young leaders and has recently embarked on a new recruitment campaign. I called to Citadel Centre in Letterkenny on Saturday morning and I began by asking Fiona how she ended up establishing her own gymnastics company five years ago. Setting up Citadel was fairly easy. Gymnastics was not actually originally my forte. Um, I was very typically a parent that brought my kid to random class when they were nearly four. And like anybody, he went, oh, sure, what'll be a good sport to get them going, learn how to have a bit of independence, a few gross motor skills, that type of thing. So... um, Emily, my eldest, uh, started gymnastics, so sat on the bench for a long time, um, and she was doing amazing and doing great, and you could start seeing what the sport was about, and she loved it and thrived, and I would have worked with kids in dance before, but gymnastics was not something I really knew at all, Um, so they looked a bit busy one day, a few years later, um, probably about three years of her going at that stage, and I said, look, do you need a hand? I don't mind helping. And I went, yeah, it'd be great. So I thought I was doing a nice thing, you know, your wee hour community involvement for an hour a week type thing. Well, that's to be great. And it turned into a weekend job, which turned into a, an evenings and weekend job, which turned into more like a full-time job, which turned into taking over from the full-time job. And the passion just took over. And yeah, just kind of essentially carried on after that. So just to move back slightly, Fiona, What sort of time scale are you talking in relation to when you volunteered initially to actually making it a full-time job? Um, Probably maybe a year, two years. Quite short. Um, Reasonably. Like when you start falling in love with it and realise what it's all about and seeing happy smiley faces no matter the age and seeing kids achieve something that they've worked for potentially months on, sometimes years on and finally get that moment. It's worth every bit in its weight in gold. So yeah, changed career paths completely. And I was just going to say, it's a huge contrast to what you qualified on and what you set out to pursue. It is. So I went uh, initially left, call, uh, left secondary school and went into mechanical engineering. Loved it. Loved the um, mechanics of how things moved, why they worked, that type of analytical brain thinking, problem solving, which now in hindsight I'm realizing ties in together but at the time obviously you think it's just very different things Um, so did mechanical engineering was a project engineer in Donegal Town loved it it was great it was a fantastic job straight out as a graduate Um, 
but yeah, this just kind of took over and couldn't help myself, I suppose. So can you talk me through the initial steps of getting set up as a business? As a business. Business was a very big jump. It was the leap off the cliff and terrifying like any business to start. You have no idea what to expect. You, thank goodness, speak to the right people. Um, the um, Lead County Chamber were amazing. The uh, Enterprise Office here in the town as well were absolute uh, wonderful. Fiona, and what areas did the likes of the local enterprise office and the Rakhine Chamber help yourself? Um, so the um, enterprise office, they started with the uh, start your own business course. So it was really good if you're not sure if business suits you as a personality because it is very different working for somebody and owning a business yourself are very different personality traits. Did you still have doubts or were you very uh, intent on making this uh the way forward for yourself I think I had a lot of passion and drive to want to fight through no matter what um, Chamber Office and um, the Enterprise Office were amazing for giving you the confidence to want to do it so they were able to help you with that final doubt of going oh is it really for me and the, you know they were able to turn it more into statistical stuff and they go well you've proven this and this and this so you know all the hurdles have been jumped so to speak you're ready to go so that really really helped of knowing that it was okay and you weren't just making a random guess and not sure in what to do. That being said, it's still terrifying no matter what you do because it's the fear of the unknown that's going to happen no matter what. Just in relation to acquiring a premises, Fiona, how did all that work out for you? Thank God, a little bit of fluke and luck. Um, chatted to a lot of the uh, typical um people in the town have you got any buildings have you got anything and we ended up speaking with Brenda McGlynn and this one wasn't even on the market and they said well actually I might have one do you want to come and have a look so we came down and we got it as a very uh, derelict building in that sense it was not in great state there was no front door there were no toilets there was a dingy floor there was essentially four walls and a roof so there was a lot of pizza parties and a lot of painting and a lot of volunteers and an awful lot of family and teamwork that helped set it up and uh, get this place running. So, What year was that, Fiona? November 2018, which was uh, not that long of starting a business before COVID kicked in and changed everything all over again. Talk to me about that time. Um, it was tough. I mean, again, fear of the unknown the same as every business nobody had a clue what to expect nobody knew how long you were shut uh, gymnastics is a very close proximity sport and business so obviously it meant we had to shut the doors so we decided that we would be very um, ingenuitive I suppose and we had to think very much outside the box fantastic staff we set up um, zoom calls we got the kids still moving we made videos in here as long as we were far away in distance we were able to video record and email it to them did all that work? It did, actually. Way more than we were expecting. Uh, I mean, we ran around here in tutus and zombie hats and uh, vampires and acting like fish the next week and something else. And there was, oh, I mean, I have photos and videos that you would kill yourself laughing at, but they worked. I thought it sounded like fun. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, but for kids especially that had no idea what to expect 
didn't necessarily always have the comprehension to understand why it was happening. All of a sudden, their entire world changed. It was the one thing we could give back that meant they had a consistent in their life. And even if we can see them, they still had the familiar of going, oh, that's my coach. I can follow along at home and keep working. We just had to get really tricky because we weren't allowed to teach gymnastics skills outside of the gym. So we had to teach gymnastics without teaching gymnastics, and that took an awful lot of thinking and working, but we did. What's the main takeaway from all that time? And I'm sure there were a lot of learnings during that period. When you look back at it all now... Mm -hmm. Again, I think we were so naive that it was somewhat a blessing. We didn't have a big established building where a business that that was all we had it kept changing so much that you learn to have to keep adapting and grow so we just kept adapting and grow we worked really well as a team we discovered we can do it no matter what we do as long as we keep fighting and we keep pushing through um we discovered just how much kids actually care how much parents care how much that they commit as well Um, and we always laugh about Citadel family but every single member in here without doubt is part of that bigger family Um, every member, every parent every grandparent, somebody walking down the street Um, and even with the videos you'll get that kid that came in and went oh that was so good and I love this one Um, but it was it was so good for us to be able to hand back a bit Fiona, you have a second base in Guidor Mm -hmm. when and how did all that come about? So Gidor, uh, Mary up in the in Neve Padraig came and approached us um, very shortly after we opened actually and then we ended up putting some coaches together. Donegal Sports Partnership helped us with funding to be able to take people up from Gymnastics Ireland to train everybody so that we could take in extra staff. Um, we set up in Gidor in the summer of... 2019, so very shortly after we started here, uh, and it's been running since, and it's fantastic. So it's one day a week. God love them. We kind of take over the entire hall for uh, an entire evening and uh, fill it out with as many classes as we can get in there, because obviously it's a huge demographic out there, and being able to um, teach through Irish is wonderful for us as well, um, and especially when it's so many kids' native language and gymnastics, very hard to. Uh, have in Irish anywhere else in the country so it's something that very few clubs actually do around the country which is lovely um, so yeah Mary approached us and we couldn't wait to jump in and we got to see the Inundive Padraig which is an amazing facility uh, fantastically community based um, they do so much extra outreach work and yeah it just felt like the right fit they were exactly all the right things that we were about as well so yeah you mentioned Donegal Sports Partnership mm-hmm. how important is that link for yourselves massive without a doubt massive um, it's been so many people in the sports partnership that's helped us uh, safeguarding and policies and stuff are obviously a big big factor here um, and Donegal Sports partnership have been incremental in making sure that we can keep above board on everything we do and keeping our kids safe but they've also been amazing with our special needs program Jim Abel and um, we've done a lot of both online and in person camps and clinics and uh, sessions where uh, fun moves for example where we've been able to have kids in here doing gross motor skills working on coordination, balance agility, having a place where they just get to feel like every other kid and there's no difference Um, so yeah sports partnership have been amazing for everything from training all the way through to kids and 
just advice. There's many, many times where you'd be able to phone them up and they'll just really help you out, which is brilliant. You have a vast array of programmes. Can you talk to me in a wee bit of detail about those, Fiona? Oh, I could be here all day. There's so many. Um, our main category, obviously, is recreational gymnastics, mainly for kids. That being said, uh, our main demographic would probably be three to 18-year-olds. Um, we also specialise in, say, teens class, for example. Teenagers don't necessarily want to try and learn a new skill, which can sometimes be embarrassing. I mean, you're going to fall on your face over and over and over again as the nature of a sport is um, and doing that in front of younger kids can be a bit tricky so the teens have their own class where they get to be themselves and they get to have fun and laugh and giggle and then we have adults class which again is just it's the funniest class it's so much fun um, we have uh, we work a lot with um, care centers for uh senior citizens so being able to do gross motor skills and things like that which help with coordination and again it's fun we go completely the other way we have toddlers and babies groups as well so the toddlers groups are one to three year olds they were in this morning actually and you can't help but just go oh because they're so cute all day long and they can do so so much at that stage because nobody's ever told them no or they can't yet um, which is some of the things I love about it when you get a tiny kid that will just impress the life out of you and to them it's just normal um then we specialize again parkour uh which is essentially like urban gymnastics now we do it inside obviously because it's donegal and it rains um we have wrestling class which is like a wwe pro wrestling type style um one of our coaches here Stephen, is phenomenal um and he runs uh his gymnastics club and center through citadel as well and then they put on shows again a few times a year um we have competitive gymnasts that compete in Dublin with Gymnastics Ireland and they do that three times a year roughly, twice to three times a year um, at national level, really really high level gymnasts and they work their butts off on it to be fair um, and they usually start from about six or seven and we have Team Gym then as another specialist which they have just qualified over to England this year so we're going over with one of our, well with eight of our teams actually um, and those guys are right into their 30s and still competing for us so we've every age and every, I know I'm missing loads here with birthday parties and everything else too so yeah, it's busy in here Can you give me a typical day or a typical week, Fiona, and the life of a Citadel? <laughs> life of the Citadel. Um, we have schools programming here, so they usually start anywhere from half nine till half two, three-ish, because the bus will take them back. We also go out to schools, so sometimes it can be piling up the car here at 8am and driving to the other end of the county sometimes. Um, we'll run schools programs, and then we come back. Classes start anywhere from about two o'clock for the large majority of them anyway. They keep going till nine o'clock at night. Uh, we Weekends start at 9am and finish about 7pm. Uh, birthday parties on Sunday, competitions a lot of weekends and running around or coaching clinics. We are really big and push a lot on education and qualifications. Uh, lots of our coaches have just done exams this weekend um, and they were all amazing. So there's been a lot of, yeah, it's a busy week. I know you are in the middle of a recruitment campaign. Yeah. How many are employed here and what are the plans to expand the team? So we're already on 23 staff. 
they range in every age, every ability, every level. Um, very diverse, and that's what we love about it. We also have another 16 young leaders. So our young leaders program is for secondary school students. So they're learning lots and lots of key learning skill work life skills how to answer a phone how to hoover a floor i know it sounds silly but um how to communicate with a parent and a customer how to interact with kids how to plan all that type of stuff um and then for the recruitment at the minute we're looking for more people for schools we have 39 schools going at the minute um, most of them will sign up for multiple weeks at a time um so we cover the uh, gymnastics elements of the PE curriculum and more we'll keep including things like science and how this works into physics and biology and throw in stuff and math and different shapes and so on we'll throw it ask Gale as well we've done a lot of Gale skulls um, obviously so we keep mixing up different subjects with the teachers as well which is lots of fun for them because it's making it more relatable and fun do a lot of partner work and then Gidor again just it keeps getting more popular so we need to expand and uh, take in some more Gaelgors for our Gidor branch as well Fiona have you a rough idea how many people go through your doors every week? Uh, for current members not including schools because that's actually probably in the thousands um, but for actual current members weekly in our building uh, there's over a thousand it's Saturday morning <laughs> and we mentioned how quiet it was can you talk to me about what's going on down below us here at the centre so you've only just missed the toddlers class and there was loads and loads of kids and parents in there um, at the minute we have just finished two coaching education uh, exams so they go up to Dublin for big courses and we've taken specialists and assessors from around the country and they've come up and then you are just about to start jumping into a clinic of specialist that has come up from Cork to, runs, uh, to run a clinic for all of our coaches and any other coaches that also want to learn from other clubs. Um, so he is going to be running a clinic all of today and tomorrow and then Monday and Tuesday we have another clinician coming over from England um, for more education again. Tell me, Fiona, what is the best lesson that you've learned since you set up business here five years ago? Best lesson? Um, keep listening. There's so much. Just open your eyes. It doesn't matter if somebody is three years old in front of you or 50 years old in front of you. Everybody there is somebody to learn from. Um, I've learned more lessons from the kids than I have from adults, without a doubt. Um, as a business owner, be humble pay attention ask other people's advice especially the people that are dealing with stuff more than you are um, yeah be kind because it will always come back and everybody are so so good and loyal and help with every way they can what do you attribute Citadel's success to? without a doubt the coaches um, without that staff this place would not work Fiona, I know you are co-owner here with Louise O'Connor. Mm -hmm. Do yourselves uh, together have a mentor or do you bounce things off each other? 
very much so. I mean, she's a work wife in so many ways. We um, are like an old married couple, and that's the running joke in here anyway. Um, so Louise is definitely my person in here. But they all are in different ways, but Louise is, is the one that you can bounce every idea off. Um, we both have external mentors and people that help us. For me, I have a fantastic lady in uh, Derry who I started a lot of my education under, and in Shooting Stars, and she has been phenomenal in everything that she's done. But now that I'm a Gymnastics Ireland coach developer as well, I'm in Dublin a lot, and there's been a lot of really good mentors up there for um, some education and different disciplines, and I'm constantly learning from some of the best in the world as well in the National Centre, which is fantastic. And the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? Biggest challenge I've had to overcome. Oh, well, we're excluding COVID, right? That one doesn't count. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe that one does count. Um, biggest challenge. Honestly, it's it sounds horrible, but having to say no when we don't have space to take in more members when they want to come in. Uh, Saturday mornings, everybody's dying to get their kid in and having to go, I'm really sorry, we're full and we're maxed out. I hate doing it. You know, it kills me. Um, that's always probably one of the trickiest challenges for me personally. Do you miss the engineering career that you set out to pursue? Yes and no. Uh, when you're, t- I don't know if you get to see it much, but when the kids are flipping and tumbling and doing crazy stuff down on the floor, my brain still works the same way. And I see it very analytically. And I can see angles and projections and what's happening and center of masses and rotation and all that stuff still keeps going through my head. So the problem-solving skill is very much alive and well. Hugely. And, and again, coaching is all problem-solving. If a skill isn't working, the coach has to figure out why. Or if the lesson plan's there. Or, God forbid, when we have 150 kids in the gym at once, every coach has to problem-solve and figure out where they can fit in space and make sure they can teach everything fully to the best of their ability. So, yeah, problem-solving happens an awful lot. Tell me, Fiona, is the world of uh, owning a business what you expected it to be or completely different? I don't think I knew what to expect. Um, Like most people, you're walking in blind and, uh, you know, my parents didn't own a business. I didn't grow up in a business or anything to be able to see it in that sense. So, um, as I said, if it wasn't for fantastic professionals that were able to give you lots of advice, but um, no, it's honestly, it's better. It is without a doubt better than what I could have expected it to have been. And what advice would you pass on to someone who has an idea and isn't sure whether to follow through with it or not? Keep doing your research. Be humble. Um, Listen to people's advice. It doesn't mean you have to take it, but at least listen to it and consider it and look at it from different angles. And then see, does it fit you and make up your own mind about it? But at least listen. You mentioned the importance of being humble a few times. Is the lack of humility, in your view, where it can go wrong? I think it's a job and a career where you can't be egotistical. Um, Lots of things have taught us different, any sport for that matter, and I don't mean gymnastics, but yes, American athlete A and loads of problems that have happened. Um, Not being able to just sit and listen to a kid, I mean, they need to be valued, they need to be treated like a human being. Um, They need to understand that humans 
and adults should be treating them with respect. Um, I think it's a much happier and better place to work in if coaches feel valued, that you're actually listening to their advice, you're listening to their thoughts and opinions as well. So being able to balance that matters. Is there a person in business that you admire most? Person in business? Um, loads currently, yes. Somebody like Henry Ford, for example, was a fantastic role model. I mean, he took what was making cars and completely flipped it on his head. He changed the process of manufacturing. Okay, it's a different world from gymnastics, but as far as business goes, he wasn't afraid of thinking outside the box. He gave people a day off in the week that nobody else gave off. He gave people family lives. He knew what it was to actually treat people with respect and decency um, but he also was absolutely fundamental in changing how manufacturing works he created the equivalent of the now conveyor belt of processing and he was a guy that wasn't afraid to fight against what's typically done and decide and make up his own mind if that's what how it should still be done tell me Fiona what do you do to switch off um, sounds really, really geeky, but I actually still like watching the gymnastics videos and things like that too. It's really bad. Um, it's passion as, and hobby as well as work, so it's never work. Uh, I do like reading the Kindle. Um, I do like family time, board games. We have loads of at home and they're always good crack. Um, spending time with my husband and my kids, uh, and the dogs, obviously, messing about. Um, I like traveling when I can, when I've not here and loving here too much um, yeah I mean typical things really going for good walks and yeah meeting up with friends and finally Fiona are you glad you made the step into business and what lies ahead for yourself and your business ultimately without a doubt best step that I ever made um, I have absolutely no doubts whatsoever or regrets in the slightest and I can only hope and wish that Citadel keeps growing bigger and better and more opportunities for more families more members in the future of young and old and everyone in between so yeah hopefully keep growing and thriving and developing and see how it goes Fiona we wish you continued success thank you so much Fiona Murphy co-owner of Citadel Gymnastics in Letterkenny and Guidoor thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters thank you so much join us after the break when we'll be talking to the owner of Kelly's Diner in Letterkenny Marjane Kelly Business Matters in association with ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Now is the time to realise your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with one evening per week on campus and another online. Open up your future by contacting the faculty office on 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today. I am delighted to be joined on Business Matters by Martin Kelly, owner of Kelly Centra and owner of Kelly's Diner at the Mountaintop in Letterkenny. Martin, you are very welcome back on to Business Matters. Good morning, Kieran. How are you getting on? How are things? All good. And yourself? I'm great, Kieran. I'm great. I'm very good. Thank God. Martin, your shop has been making headlines recently. You have a new uh, member of the team recruited. Uh, you might tell uh, our listeners a wee bit about that development. Well, you know what, Kieran. I suppose I was just reflecting there uh, recently. Uh, it's been two years since we spoke. The last time we spoke, actually, we were celebrating our 10 years in business. Um, we're coming up on 12 years in business. 
a lot of changes in the last two years. Um, you know, if we just look back for a moment, look, the economy had just opened up after COVID. Um, things were looking up. Things were looking bright. We had discussed sort of future plans and, and that we were constantly looking around the corner for things. Um, and then the Ukraine and, uh, war in Ukraine happened. Um, and I suppose the whole thing changed. And I said, here we go again. You know, you had your energy crisis. You had your fuel crisis. Um, and all the stuff then that came after that, food inflation. So... Um, I suppose for us, it is constantly looking around the corner, um, and and you know when we had spoke back in in that September. We talked about being progressive and being a progressive company and a progressive business. So you're right. We have a new member of the team. Uh, that new member of the team, um, which we uh, only named in the last week, is Oreo, uh, is a, a robotic waiter. Um, and just to give you some background uh, on that, so so in in February 20, uh, myself and my wife and kids were, were going on a holiday and we were flying out of Belfast. And um, so we landed at Belfast Airport. We wanted to get a bite to eat before we got on the flight and went to the restaurant. And we entered the restaurant and we were looking about, we were kind of a bit confused as to where you place your orders, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, so we sat in the seat, we seen a QR code to place an order, which we did, uh, really easy use. Um, and then we seen a robot deliver the stuff down to us. Um, the first thing I thought of how novel it was, you know, that was my first thing and the kids loved it. Um, the second thing I thought about is how efficient it was because it was able to deliver for an entire family. Um, so I took a mental note because, as I said, I'm always looking for something that's going to be a little bit more progressive, innovative, and so on and so forth. So I took a mental note, and then COVID came. So that put that on the back burner. So um, probably this time last year, we started to look at uh, the robot again. We wanted to make sure that we had the right model, we had the right fit for our business. Um, so we took a little while to research it and to source it. Um, we linked in with a company uh, in the UK who now has an office in Belfast, as it happens to be, and uh, they tried one with us about a month ago. And uh, the first, I suppose, piece for me was, did staff feel that it was going to add value for them? Um, and, you know, unanimously, they felt it was going to add value for them. Um, and it has worked out really well since it's came. And how has it gone down in the diner uh, among your patrons and children in particular? Yeah. Um, I knew it was going to be big, and I knew it was going to be really a novelty piece, right? But I didn't know how big it was going to end up being, actually. So since we've put in the uh, the robot, which is probably four weeks, this is coming on its fourth week, we've been tracking at about uh, 9 or 10% growth uh, up until that point. And since the robot has gone in and we're doubling that, we're now tracking a 20-plus percent growth. Uh, which means we have extra patrons come, so our customer count is up. Uh, we're getting a lot of families coming out, you know. Uh, one of the functions of the robot, actually, is uh, to sing happy birthday. Um, so even there this morning, there's been two happy birthdays sang to two of the patrons. One's a four-year-old child, and I see an action adult up there as well, getting one saying, it's novel, you know. Uh, so it's been really well-received by your patrons um, look videos are going viral out there they're all over social both Instagram and Facebook um, it is novel there's no doubt about that and, and we have the actual robot branded so the robot has a, has a uniform like the rest of the staff with its name on it and then to the rear of, of its uniform it says listen if you'd like me to sing happy birthday talk to one of my colleagues 
Um, so no, it's been well received, really well received. And where did the name come from? I know you had a competition. So so we had uh, a competition, so we linked in with, with Highland Radio um, to the John Breslin show. And we had our own Facebook competition as well. And... Um, so we had a lot of entries, a lot of interest. Um, when we looked at it, look, we had some fantastic suggestions. We really had some great suggestions. Um, but we, we chose Ori because we felt it is a family, uh, you know, attraction. Uh, and it is predominantly a kid's pr- attraction. So we felt Oreo was a kind of a name that everyone would know, Oreo biscuits, you know, Oreo ice cream. You know, it's, every kid knows Oreo. So, and as John Breslin told me as well, it's, new, it's uh, gender neutral. So, yeah, so that's why we chose Ario. I know, Martin, uh, when the robot was installed initially, you were very keen to stress that it wasn't replacing humans. Absolutely. So, I suppose, just looking at uh, a couple of things. So, today we have 78 staff. Uh, last year we had 68 staff we was 10 more staff than last year um, when we uh, came up with the idea I mean ultimately this was to help and assist our staff help and assist our staff and we would have collectively met all of our staff to get their views on it to see how could something like this really assist them and support them in their job right um, so we got a unanimous yes from our staff before we decided to go with the robot um, the chefs are probably the hardest people to please uh, and anybody that's in the restaurant business knows that and even the chefs know that themselves <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy enough to say that and they were delighted with the robot as well now look teething problems at the start and we had to move sort of equipment in the kitchen to make it easier to get in and get out um, but no it's been a huge support for staff so Martin would I be correct in saying that it, it gives a better sense uh, of being organised when it comes to preparing food and serving it it is much more efficient, much more efficient. So anyone that runs a restaurant knows you have to hit the bell and the staff member comes. Yeah, The robot is always there. The robot always comes back. Where a staff member may get sidelined, whether it's clearing tables, sweeping the floor, having to go into the restrooms to get them tidied up, and then the bell is being rang, 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 and there's no one coming to lift the food. The robot always comes. The robot will always return to the kitchen waiting for its next uh, adventure. Um, so, no, so it's much more efficient. And it's much more efficient for staff as well. You know, um, I mean, that consistency of having that something going all the time. So even if someone goes on tea break, they'll always have someone that's available to run food. Yeah. So efficiency is a big thing. And I suppose even if we look out in terms of, you know, automation, automation is going to be, uh, I suppose, a future trend in all businesses. And like we're currently looking at a robot that will sweep our floors in our shop side of house. Um, and that'll be a consistent piece of work that's done all the time. So what's the benefits? Well, the benefits, firstly and foremost, is the customer will have a clean and tidy store with a swept floor free from debris and our staff will have more time to serve customers or to manage the commercials or to manage the business because they're not doing a menial task of sweeping the floor or menial is probably the wrong word a more manual task of sweeping the floor so let a robot do it with the robot being powered by artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence is the real buzz term at the minute yeah how much more of arti- artificial intelligence do you see coming into businesses like your own? 
Yeah, so look, we touched on sort of what we're like as a business. We're constantly looking forward, like we're constantly fighters on the track. So as part of that, you know, we teamed with Centra and we have been with Centra for 12 years now. Uh, and Centra is very much at the forefront of future retail and future convenience retail. And, um, and they are in the process of rolling out a Centra Generation 2. Uh, we're going to call it a project, but in actual fact, it's a program because it's going to be across 480 stores. And part of that program will be artificial intelligence placing orders for product. So uh, initially, staff will feed into the program in terms of telling the artificial intelligence where the product is, how many products it's selling right now, but eventually the artificial intelligence will understand how many products will sell. So that takes away that ordering piece from human, uh, which does cause errors, does cause out-of-stocks, which means customers aren't being looked after. But the, the, the human will always have to kind of keep it on the rails. You know, so yes, artificial intelligence will offer something in terms of efficiencies and a better customer experience, but the humans will always have to keep it on the rails because let's say, for example, this artificial intelligence will tell you you sell 10 cases of Coke, right? But it doesn't know that Monday is a heat wave, so that 10 cases of Coke will go to 20 cases of Coke. So the human will have to tell the AI, you need to increase that on Monday by 10. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Marcin, you mentioned at the start of our conversation that it's almost two years uh, since we last spoke. How different are things two years on for yourself? Um, well, I suppose for us, Kieran, we didn't see the COVID bounce maybe like everybody else. Um, as I said to you, you know, we had seen the economy opening up. Then the war in Ukraine came, so there was, a, I suppose, the first thing that was experienced was a fuel crisis. Uh, next thing that was experienced was an energy crisis. Next thing that was experienced was food and price inflation. So, you know, the the we felt that the whole sort of hybrid working piece might have evened out a little bit sooner than it did. So because of energy crisis, because of fuel crisis, people stayed at home. And we're very much a passing trade type of business, so we needed that consumer. It's really only this year we've started to see the growth levels come back. Our staffing levels have come back to where the war may be pre-COVID. Um, there's been a lot of st- look labour challenge for everybody, whether you're running a restaurant, running a hotel, uh, running a sales and marketing team. There is a challenge around recruitment. Um, and has that challenge got a wee bit easier in the last while, Martin? Or, or do you feel you're like many other sectors of businesses that are struggling to maybe retain uh, and recruit? Well, I suppose for us, you know, we've a strong management team um, and like there's someone dedicated for recruitment. Um, and so we have a dedicated team for interviews. I suppose the first thing is CV filtering, filtering the applications. The next piece is interviewing. Then you're into training. Then you're into induction. So we, we have a quite strong and robust training piece when someone comes in, um, which definitely helps them with the retention. Yeah. Um, but I suppose to build on that then, we've had to look at our own business model of, you know, how can we retain staff through more benefits? So those benefits might be uh, free lunches for a management team. It might be days out for staff. So last week and this week, we're having two days out for our general staff out in Letterkenny Activity Centre. Um, that's on top of two parties we've already had this year. How important are those type of events for a staff? 
Well, it's, I suppose it tells the staff, first and foremostly, that uh, you respect what they do for you, and it's a way of showing uh, Thanksgiving. And, like, we always have employees of the month. Um, we also have allocated a certain uh, euro number every week for just to say thanks, to go over and to say thanks to someone for doing a good job. You know, and that, uh, that euro allocation is every week, that's 52 weeks a year. And if you think about it, if you allocate 40 euro, which doesn't seem a lot, but if you allocate that for 52 weeks, it's two grand that we're giving to our staff as a thank you on top of the parties. And I think that's, those benefits are going to become uh, even more ingrained in terms of retaining staff. So that'll have to be worked into budgets as well going forward. So can I take it that the fact that you have recruited 10 more staff since we last spoke, business is good? Business has been excellent this year. It really has in all departments across the entire world. So the central store is really doing well. Uh, Any reason, Marcin, for that? I think that, uh, well, firstly, I think there's more people on the road, which means that, you know, that hybrid model, albeit it's here to stay, I think more and more people have kind of got fed up of staying at home and they want to get back into the office. So I think for us, we look back at 2022, I think there was probably a, a two days in the office and a three days at home. I think that's reversed. I think there's now three days in the office and two days at home, and that puts an extra day of people on the road. I think more and more people are working, which means there's more employment, which means more people are on the road. I think there is more disposable income, even though there is an inflation challenge out there. Right? I think people have got to a point where they're saying, Do you know what, we've had a really tired two years of COVID, and they've said, Do you know what, we're going to live a little. So they are spending money, there's no doubt about that. We're certainly experiencing that on the restaurant side of the house. Like we're seeing an increase in customer count on Astro by about 10 or 15%. The same in the store, we're seeing an increase in customer count by about 4%. So business has been really good. Um, we're really pleased and it needs to be good Kieran, because I suppose if you look at our investment just in the last year alone and I was talking to the management team like we've invested in electric van we've invested in solar panels we've invested in um, more eco-friendly refrigeration we've invested in uh, recyclable uh, deli cups recyclable packaging so there's a lot of investment so we, we need to be growing our business to have the wherewithal to, to, to pump that money back in and those things that you mentioned in essence they're not uh, optional they're almost compulsory now for the future 100% so even if you even if you look at it so I mean we invest in solar panels coming out of the energy crisis yeah, and we can go again we could go again and we probably will go again next year like I mean the solar panels was 50,000 uh, but it'll generate based on current uh, values it'll generate about a 13k benefit on our annual energy bill um, and we're lucky that we are busy and we're lucky that we are profitable that we can make those levels of investment if you look at the electric van so we just looked at the previous diesel van we looked at the amount of running we were doing we looked at the cost of running that it was getting old so we looked at electric we teamed with Reynolds beside us here um, and we purchased an electric van now so it's much more economical and much more efficient to run that so yes it's, it's no longer it's no longer optional you need to be doing these things Firstly, because of your footprint, and firstly, because it's the right thing to do. But there is a uh, there is a piece around sort of efficiencies as well, you know. Just listening to you there, Marcin, a lot of change and quite a short space of time in relation to how you do your business 
and what happens around your business. Has Marcin Kelly changed over the last few years? Have I changed over the last few years? I, I think I work smarter. Uh, in our last uh, in our last interview, we talked about a, a strong management team, and very much uh, I have a strong management team, and I let them manage. It's interesting we are as a management team set off there to start the year on an insights profile program, which is we take an outside company in, and they profile us in terms of our our pro- personality types. So there's in our management team there's four or five or six different personality types, and we have our all our own unique uh, ways of working. Um, and we've all our own u- unique blind spots, and we, we we've come together and we've shared that information together as a management team, which allows us then to go into management meetings every week and be much more open, much more challenging. Um, we call it a psychological safe place to be, so no one's going to get upset because something needs to be said um, and I think that level of um, investment in staff I think that level of insight not only shows the management team that we as senior managers and owners are looking to develop them but also it shows them that we're progressive we're constantly progressive that's a huge piece there in terms of retention and retaining senior managers as well because they're being developed they're being given an opportunity to deliver on their purpose uh, so the process was extremely worthwhile yeah we we're finishing that in August actually we started in March um, this is our third meeting and final meeting sorry Martin what was the biggest takeaway from the process so far for yourself that's um, there's no one right and there's no one wrong I think everybody comes to work every day to try and give it their all and to give it their best and if someone doesn't deliver, it's not because they don't want to deliver. It's just because something has gotten in the way or they need support or assistance. And, and within a strong, broad management team, they'll get that assistance. That's, that's what I feel. Like, um, probably, I think, 80% of our management team are women, which is, if you think about the large corporates out there, or not, would they have, you know, they're nearly having to allocate a percentage of their senior management team to women. We don't have to do anything. We've been doing it for years. So it's quite normal and quite natural for us we give the jobs to people who can do it and then it's up to us then as owners of the company to give them the tools to do it and part of that is a better understanding of what makes them tick but also what makes me tick because if they know what makes me tick it makes them easier to deliver for me that makes sense just in relation to business around Letterkenny and the North West Martin have you been talking to any of your counterparts and what sort of vibes are you getting from them yeah, I think um, from the retail side of the house, um, things are good. Um, there's a lot of investment out there. There's a lot of stores revamping. So I think um, the COVID bounce definitely helped them last year to put them in a position where they could invest or reinvest in their business. So things are good from that side of the house. I think restaurants are not as uh, buoyant. I think there is you know, the VAT change coming in September again. Um, uh, that will immediately take 4% off your, your bottom line. And there's a lot of worry, I think, with restaurateurs out there. I think the worry, uh, staffing is definitely one worry, and retaining staff, and then maybe not having the level of service 
that they may want to have and the quality of service not even levels I've said quality of service so I think there's a bit more worry with restaurateurs for sure and look at I think fuel is something that's a moving target all the time you have much more hybrids in the market much more electricity coming into the market so we, we talk about innovation for us so we're currently looking at um, electric charging at the mountain top as well and again that's looking around the corner to be ready for the change because look I'm not sure how long they'll be diesel and petrol, but we need to be ready for it, whether that's hydrogen, whether that's electric, whether it's hybrid, whether it's whatever, we'll be ready for it anyways. And finally, Merchin, we were in holiday season. We're coming into the second week of August. Have you had a holiday yourself yet? Or are you planning to let the, the hair down over the next few weeks? Wee yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to Ackill Island for a week uh, camping with the kids and we were there last year and uh, I had two weeks previous with the guys with the younger lads while camping um, and we're looking forward to it Ackill Island there's no coverage in Ackill Island it's a real put the phone down you know so I'm looking forward to it the weather's not giving too good but you know what we'll be fine we'll be 100% we'll be alright so that's what I'm looking forward to a week in Ackill Martin I've enjoyed the chat Martin Kelly, owner of Kelly Centre at the Mountaintop and Kelly's Diner. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you, Kieran. Good to see you again. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Fiona Murphy and Martin Kelly. Thanks to Candice Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Now is the time to realise your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with one evening per week on campus and another online. Open up your future by contacting the faculty office on 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today.